you actually have to be on cocaine to be on this podcast. How you doing? Man, back together again. Let's let's go. I'm in, the, I'm in the studio. What's this? I'm in the studio. The dynamic duo. We wish we had our terrific trio, but obviously he's uh he's busy with the little one now. Um, if anybody did not know that our commish uh, and his wife they had their little baby boy um, a couple weeks ago, yep. and. Uh, so he's busy being a dad and um i'm busy not being a dad so i'm available to be here with you chef i'm a dad what's going on <laughs> i i know <laughs> i maybe i'm not as good of a father your, pri- <laughs> <laughs> your, your priorities I'm, k-state i'm is here the for priority. the people man i'm here for the people i know i know well <laughs> Well, obviously, um, you know, in the past uh, time since we've met, uh, hasn't necessarily been too, too much stuff going on, except for things like uh, Big 12 Media Days, which we're going to talk about here on the show. And then something, you know, now we knew things were a little slow in the cocaine mm. department when your tweets pop up about, would you rather? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have gone to the limit of my ability to hold in any K-State anything. I just need something. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Well, I didn't necessarily participate a lot on Twitter um, with some of these would-you-rathers, so um, I'm excited we'll go through some. I even have a couple um, to float your way. We'll see um, what your thoughts are. and uh, maybe we'll hear from some of the cokeheads at some point on Twitter about our terrible "Would You Rather" takes, which is quite likely at this point. Dude, we are on top of it. They could never. <laughs> We're on top of it, yeah. Um, so why don't we get started? I know this past uh, last week, Big Twelve Media Days um, landed in Arlington, Texas, and it was a fun couple days just to see not just from a Kansas State perspective, but uh, our new um, four teams in the Big 12. Um, We were able to uh, hear more about what those teams are expecting in 2023. Um, And there was a lot of excitement, obviously, in Big 12 Media Days this year um, with K-State being highly regarded in the Big 12 expectation right now from the entire Big 12 and, and the media poll is that we're going to make it back to Arlington uh, for the Big 12 championship game. Cross our fingers. <laughs> Toes uh, everything. This, this upcoming season. Um, but coming from the K-State perspective, we had four great guys down there. Will Howard was down there, Kobe Savage, Cooper Beebe, and Daniel Green, uh, who represented us very, very well. Um, and, uh, of course, Coach Kleiman said a lot of great things. But um, from a K-State perspective, Chef, uh, a lot of a lot of great exciting things that you heard is there anything in particular that really uh kind of 
just made you smile or, or just think about what the season um, may be to come? I mean, it's you just get this overwhelming vibe of confidence around the team. And especially from these four guys, they're all going to be captains. You know, these are basically the snapshot of, what, two-thirds or, you know, basically the whole captain, whole captaincy right there. And they're just spewing confidence. It's And it's quiet confidence. They're not boasting. They're not bragging. Because, like, I don't know. I don't remember what Baylor's vibe was last year going into Big 12 media days. But if it was anything like this, I could understand how not wearing your rings. I mean, nobody was wearing them. And they made a point of it. Like, that was in the past. That was that was last year. We, we, we're a totally different team. And to a degree, that's true. I mean, you're missing some key components from that team last year, but the quiet confidence is what really struck me. Um, Kleiman, he's, you know, he's going to be that stoic guy, but like our friend Scott Wildcat points out a lot, and, you know, a lot of people in the Big 12 media and K-State media in particular, that when he's like, you get this vibe from him when he's a little more jovial, that he's a little more loose, that he, he feels real, real good about what we got coming this year. And I feel the same way. I mean, when you let Kobe Savage go down there and get on a mic, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's like, hell, he had national champions, national championship spew out of his mouth. And when, when words like that are being floated around, man, I'm, I'm feeling some type of way, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved the confidence that we got out of Will Howard um, during that uh, during the day on Thursday. I mean, he he has really grown into this leadership role of not just being the quarterback that's returning and, and things along those lines, but he's just showing these leadership characteristics that you absolutely have to have if you want to be a team that's going to be trying to repeat as a big 12 champion. And it, it, it just shows the the development and the growth that he's had, not necessarily just as a player, but coming in as a freshman and, and really having to, you know, learn to be a leader, even though you may not necessarily be mature enough. And that's just from an age perspective and from what he's been able to do since the back half of last season and taking this off season and, really displaying this sense of we have the capability as a team to be really, really good. And it's going to be something where every single position is going to have to come together and, and play as hard as I'm going to have to play game in and game out. Um, and so it was great hearing him and in his interviews, just being, being that quarterback and that face of what you think this team is going to be this year. And that really showed a lot. Um, and a, a couple other things just with, I would say, with Coach Kleiman and, and some of the things that we heard. And, and we can kind of talk about this a little bit. But um, there's always some talk about, OK, who are some players that we might expect um, could get some time, uh, maybe some true freshmen out there, some of the transfers. A, a guy that Coach Kleiman really talked about a ton um, is Marquis Seigel, um, the safety that is coming in from North Dakota State, and how just being able to come in and he's expecting a lot from him and um, in, in coming into that role. And obviously, we've had a lot of success with 
um, some of the transfers that have come in into that safety role. And Josh Hayes, of course, was drafted this past season. Um, were there any surprises of players' names that you might have heard from the K-State side that um, gets you really excited about them getting some playing time this fall? I mean, you, you always hear the usual, the culprits, you know, like the old, Cooper BB is always going to shout out basically the whole two deep offensive line. Uh, so I'm really happy about that. Like there's no, like the guys behind him and that O-line that's coming back, they're, they've got so many reps of just constantly working and getting so, so much praise throughout multiple, multiple years that next year after this year, I'm totally not worried about the offensive line as much as a lot of people are going to focus on that. I'm not, but you know, Carver Willis, that's a huge shout out. I'm, I'm hoping that he comes back and he is a swing tackle that we can, we can rotate in. Uh, and then, you know, the biggest surprise for me was Austin Romaine. I mean, he's kind of forgot about at, in that recruiting class. I mean, a kid from St. Louis, you know, sideline to sideline guy, huge, big bodied, and obviously he's ready to play right now. He's obviously developed enough where he can, he might craft some rotation minutes at Mike, which would be crazy. But, you know, those guys, a true freshman like that coming in and being able to play, he was not on my radar as a guy that we would, we're not going to count on him, but someone that is shown enough in spring ball and summer that he's he's ready to ready for action and fall camp's going to do a lot of is the proving ground really for me so those are those are some guys but you know i was more surprised that we didn't hear names i don't know about you but like names i was expecting to hear like uh will lee he got brought up maybe a couple times but he wasn't i thought he would be a guy that would pop you know and be the talk of the town basically you have the julius brent's blueprint with him stepping right into it and we just didn't hear that but obviously like i said fall camp is the proving ground and i'm sure we'll hear his name more but i'm i'm hoping we hear i'm hoping we hear his name more for gosh sakes yeah um i and i would anticipate we will um just there's a limited amount of time and a limited amount of snaps i'm sure that he's seen um here early in spring ball um there were another you know couple names that i just wanted to bring up and get your thoughts on um i know uh, coach Kleiman, um and i also listened i don't know if you listened and i'll plug uh another great k-state podcast in three ma but they had coach Kleiman on um, last week and he talked about the defensive line um and thinking about Nate Matlack and having him back and how are we going to, the theme of how are we going to replace Felix Anadike? And um, of course, Khalid Duke is, is a guy that um, everybody's anticipating is going to have potentially a similar role that Felix had. Um, and he talked, uh, Coach Kleiman talked about um, 2021 and the strong season that he had um, in the beginning of that season and um, playing on the defensive line or defensive end. And um, we're going to expect uh, almost, uh, it seemed like similar production that we saw from, from Felix and um, having Nate Matlack back at hundred percent and Brendan Mott um, uh, who we saw had really good flashes last season. Um, it seemed like from a defensive line um, perspective, even though you lose a first round pick, there, there's some sense within the program that this is going to be a really good group of guys there that 
almost seem like they have to prove themselves a little bit um, and show what type of effort they could put in during these games and what type of production they can put in, which just sounded really exciting. All things considered, because we saw how good Felix was all season in 2021, but that is an area that um, it seemed just losing him a little bit. We we had some talent, but it wasn't necessarily talked about as much. Um, so it got me a little excited to hear some things like that. Yeah, you would think you would think losing a first round draft pick off of the D line when God knows when the last time we had a first round D, uh, D lineman go. I don't know if ever. I mean, maybe uh, Howard back in. Yeah, maybe I would have to look. But I mean, you would think that would be like a death sentence for like the depth and the talent on the D line. But really, if you think about it, it's kind of weird. If Khalid Duke doesn't go down in week three versus Nevada, do we even hear about Felix? Is is it the roles reverse? Like Khalid Duke is the guy that goes in the first round and Felix is the guy filling his shoes? I mean, who knows? Because we always heard about the pop that Felix was going to bring, but he was the underclassman. And Khalid Duke had that monster COVID season with the Oklahoma game, and he was on the rise. And then he comes back, and it just took him a little bit longer to get back from that knee knee injury. And playing linebacker kind of opened his eyes to, like, what responsibilities the whole field of football is about. Like, you've got other responsibilities that if you play your role at defensive end, you're helping the guys behind you. And I think it's going to – I think he's going to – he's due for a monster season, man. I mean, if if we can get 2021 Khalid Duke, we're not missing a beat. Mm-hmm. We're not. And, and that's another guy, another defensive lineman that Cooper Beebe brought up. Chidi uh, – what is his name? Chidi Obazar? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's how we're saying it. I'm <laughs> Something not like sure. that, yeah. Chidi Obazar, I mean, I have – he gives me Jalen – uh, pickle vibes like crazy. I mean, mm. a guy coming out of high school that was like 6'5", 270, and filled into like a D tackle frame, but plays D in. I could see him having. I mean, he's gonna be a monster for us, boy. Yeah, he's be a monster. Yeah, I mean, and and thinking about the strength that we have um, in that particular position group, we. Of course, losing Eli Huggins is a huge loss for us. And um, Coach Kleiman had mentioned guys like Uso Samalu and Daniel Ilalio. I got to try and. Damon Ilalio. I think is that's it? how you is say it? it. Is it? I think there's another. <laughs> that was Daniel. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. What did I say? Um, Damon? Ooh, I don't know. But anyway, um, but <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be a position where you're going to need somebody to step up. And we saw Uso um, kind of towards the end of last season, of course, had the big stop during uh, the TCU game. Um, but he uh, it looks like he's developed, gotten to the weight room, getting himself in really good shape to potentially be the starter um, at defensive uh, tackle. Um, so it, it will be very interesting to see that particular line um, and how they develop together uh, throughout the season. Um, but I, there are so many players you kind of, kind of mentioned, you know, some players we didn't necessarily hear a lot about, but we know are good like Ben Sinnott. I mean, yeah. um, you know, obviously he's such a talent and he's getting media praise, especially um, NFL uh, the, draft. Yeah, for sure. Um, which if he has another season, like he had this past year he'll he'll be in 
the the conversation for that for sure. But um, he mentioned guys like Keegan Johnson as well, um, getting him up to speed, RJ Garcia, um, and and got me excited from a an offensive perspective. That although you lose Deuce Vaughn, Cade Warner, Malik Knowles, there are guys that are stepping up and and have the talent to be able to replace some of that production. Um, and we'll talk later on in the season about, you know, prior to the the beginning of the season, what our, our predictions are. Do we think this offense is going to skip a beat at all with some of the guys that we've lost or um, is Colin Klein going to put something together? But I mean, overall, I, the Big 12 media day, at least for me, from a K-State perspective, I mean, I want football like right now. Yeah, got to have it. I mean, it's just, there's not enough of it to go around and it's spread so thin. And what are we down to like 46 days, 45 days Yeah. to, to week zero. But, you know, Kansas state, I saw a Baylor podcast that Baylor won the, won the big 12 media day. Like they won it. Like, what are we talking about? You know, <laughs> the, the defending champions, we started off day two. I mean, Brett Yormark doesn't even mention us as the champions of football during his opening thing. He says TCU is the na- uh, went to the national championship game. You know, th- is the chip there? Do you think the chip's there? I feel it. I feel the chip is heavy on my shoulder. So <laughs> I think I think the boys are feeling it, and we're ready to ride. So I don't know if the if, I don't know where we want to transition to this about tw- Big Twelve Media Days, but I'd like to talk about the four new teams. And I don't, I don't know if they're ready. <laughs> if that's right. it, if that's cutting it a little crazy, but I mean, it's I don't think they're ready because it's, it's going to be this season in particular is going to be nuts. Fourteen teams never been done before, and it's the last season for Texas and OU. So there's going to be just, I mean, total mayhem every mm-hmm. week. So I, I, I don't know if you want to go down them one by one, but. Yeah, yeah I I think me. it would I think it would be good. I mean, we might. Why don't we just go in maybe alphabetical order or something like that? But um, hold on, BYU. hold on. Oh no, no, <laughs> no, no. no. We got to make sure where we put in, uh, University of Central Florida. You know, they don't. Oh, they like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not Central right. Florida. <laughs> well, I know at least we could start with the B. Uh, so BYU, um, uh, BYU and their head coach Kalani Satake. Uh, he's been at BYU for a while now. I mean, he uh. He took over after Bronco Mendenhall left for Virginia. Um, if anybody did watch BYU uh, and any of their media days, the only player that they brought that might have at least a little bit of um, name recognition is their quarterback, Keaton Slovis. Um, he started at USC and then he went to Pitt. Um, and he was at Pitt last year uh, when they did play West Virginia um, and beat West Virginia in the backyard brawl. But um, he had obviously a great season at Pitt, and he transfers to BYU to be the starting quarterback this season. Um, BYU as a whole is going to be an interesting one to see how they transition into the Big 12. Number one, being an independent team that doesn't necessarily have a set schedule every single season for the last handful of years after they left the Mountain West have been putting together a schedule that has had some good teams, but has some not very good teams. Um, and so sometimes that um, can skew your schedule a little bit. But 
um, they're, they're sensed a little bit of confidence in that BYU um, in the BYU team of being able to come in and be competitive right away, which I don't necessarily agree with um, thinking about their schedule, but um, thinking about BYU, you know, is there anything uh, during big 12 media day that surprised you or any overall comments about BYU? Um, coming yeah. Well, BYU, in my personal opinion, going into when the realignment first happened and we announced the teams that were coming to the Big 12, was it two years ago? I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, BYU, I thought, was a sleeping giant that would, you know, excel, you know, regionally, uh, history-wise, you know, talent-wise, they've always kind of, they were a developmental school where they get the international players. They go on missions, come back, and then they're like, they're every four years they have a group of, I mean, entirely adults, you know, 30 year old guys playing college football. Uh, for me, I thought they were going to be the cream of the crop coming in. And last year would have been the team that I thought would have been able to make some noise in the Big 12. But this year's roster, from everything that I've gathered and listened to, this team is going to kind of take a dip down a little bit. So, you know, this coming season, I think, is going to be a little eye-opening for them. And sorry about that. Go away. <laughs> uh, you know, they play. They seem like they played Baylor back-to-back seasons, and they've hung. They've hung around with them. So I don't know if that's a a tale of what they can bring. That's far as uh, Big 12 competition, but, you know, BYU, they've kind of taken a step back for me, and and especially for this coming season, I don't know if they're they're really ready for it. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would say this upcoming season for BYU will be a little bit tougher. I'm thinking about their schedule, um, at least from a Big 12 perspective. Um, their games at home, um, uh, they play Cincinnati, Texas Tech, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. Um, in their first season. So they only have four Big 12 games at home. Um, They go on the road to Oklahoma State, on the road to West Virginia. Um, We can probably have differing opinions about how Oklahoma State's going to be this year. Uh, But (laughs) I would say West Virginia, um, obviously, I don't think is going to be very good. They also go on the road to Lawrence. They play KU. But BYU is going to be a team in football, basketball, etc., that – I think they're going to have a slow start in the Big 12, but they will at some point get to an upper echelon in the conference based just on the fact that they do have a strong recruiting base. Um, They do bring in really good players. Um, We've seen BYU. I mean, despite Zach Wilson being terrible in the NFL, I mean, he was a really good quarterback in college. Jaron Hall this past season was really good. In the past, they've brought in really good players and so even though this season may not necessarily be at the level that we've seen BYU in the past, I think they are going to slowly move their way up. Um, but this year smells like a three and nine type situation. And they go to Arkansas on the road too. Um, they play Texas and Austin. I mean, I don't know. I got five and I got five and seven written all over them. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say they're the very bottom dwellers of the conference, but I think okay. they're going to be they're going to be creeping down there. I, 
And I'm not convinced that Arkansas is going to be any good either. But look, that's a totally different day. We're <laughs> yeah. not ready for that conversation. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, uh, after BYU, I mean, we can look at go alphabetical order. And admittingly, on the Big 12 website, the next one is UCF, Central <laughs> Florida. Um, so with Central Florida, um, for Big 12 Media Days, uh, they, of course, brought Gus Malzahn, who everybody knows um, was the Auburn coach. Uh, and then I just completely blanked as to where he was before Auburn. Oh where Wasn't he Iowa State? No, that was Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik. Oh, my Hold God. On. This is embarrassing. Gus Malzahn. He was at Auburn. Yeah. No, no, no. I know he was at Auburn, but uh, he was somewhere before Auburn. And now oh, I'm like. I have no idea. <laughs> Gus Malzahn? Oh, Arkansas State. Okay. I would have never uh, got that. I would have never guessed that. Okay. Never mind. But anyway, um, <laughs> of course, Gus Malzahn is their head coach. They've had um, some very successful seasons as a program. Um, and then this past season, um, it did have a great season in, in their last one in the American Conference. Um, from the players that they did bring, um, John Reese Plumlee, their quarterback, is going to be a name you may have heard in the past. He was the quarterback at Ole Miss before he transferred to UCF. Um, he is not just a quarterback, but he also is a baseball player. Um, I would say out of the four teams um, that are coming into the Big 12, UCF is probably the one. Um, that I would at least see in their first season having uh, the most success out of the four teams. Um, they are the first game um, for us in Big 12 play. Uh, they come to Manhattan on September 23rd. But as a whole, um, I would say their schedule does fit um, for them to have a pretty decent season in the Big 12. Um, they do play Houston. They play Cincinnati, um, who I would say are – the two, I, I, I don't think they're going to have great seasons, um, but they also play West Virginia um, as well this season, kind of what we expect to be a bottom dweller. But anyway, um, there's definitely a, a, a sense that UCF can come in um, and, and really compete uh, here in their first season in the Big 12. No doubt. If I had to put money on who of the four is most ready and will produce year one it's the team with the most experienced quarterback and i think it's i mean you could go with slovis but slovis's talent i mean compared to where Plumley is uh you know this guy is electric and from everything that he did in the american he's going to be a handful whether their o-line is up to bat i don't know uh skill players you, you just don't know how it's going to translate from the talent that they had where they can run a conference and be at the top end of uh, the American conference to being in the big 12 and going through that gauntlet week in week out. You just don't know. But from what I've seen, I think they have enough to be, you know, the middling big 12. So they will bring, they will be the toughest challenge of the four for K state, especially because we only see two of them and we'll get to the other one here in a second. You know, UCF's future in the conference, it's been documented. You know, they're going to have a humongous uh, alumni in, in future years because their school is just ever growing. They're in a talent-rich state. So they're going to be able to recruit. They're already kind of trending upward in recruiting. Uh, 
basketball is another issue. <laughs> I don't want, we can talk about yeah, basketball. Yeah, uh, they're going to be asking basketball. <laughs> they're going to be really, really bad. But, you know, football-wise, I think they've invested in that program. They've invested in this school. Uh, they, they, they have a lot for, they have a lot to bring, especially for teenage boys, you know, looking at their program with the flashy uniforms, the location that they're at, I think they can, they can be a real problem on the recruiting trail and down the road, like you said, BYU building up, up, up and up. I think they're, they're on the exact same trajectory and where will they feel fit in? This year, I think they're going to be they're going to be a little salty. Yeah, I think so. I I I do sometimes look at the schedule and think of okay, would you rather play a certain team at a certain point during the season? And and in many years for us, it's always can we play Oklahoma in the beginning of the Big Twelve schedule? Um, I I think playing UCF early on is going to be a really good test for us, but it's going to be a team that I think it's good to play them early on in the first game. Um, because I think as that team gains more experience in the big 12 playing on the road, playing against some tougher opponents, that is one that I could see pull some upsets later on down the line. Um, for sure. Uh, the only pro the only thing I have to say about that is I like, I like where your head's at with playing them early because you know, they're not going to be, what would they expect? What would they be expecting from big 12 play? I don't know who's, who's their non-con schedule. I mean, if you want to look that up real quick. Their uh, non-conference schedule is Kent state at Boise state and Villanova. Okay. Villanova is a dub Boise state at Boise state at, at Boise state. Oof, that could be a little spicy one, but that's an interesting one. You know, I think playing them early is the key, but, also playing them late because they have been recruiting in the American for so long, testing their depth going later into the season is really, really what that's really, really what separates, you know, the Oklahoma's and the Texas and the, the Oklahoma States and the K States from basically a lot of other teams that are like an Americans and the, and the bottom end of the big 12 is just that depth. When you get to that second and third tier, player are they able to play and keep your team at a level where you're competitive so we'll see if if the injury bug starts happening for UCF will they have enough players to keep them going and drag their dead astronaut car their astronaut <laughs> corpse through the big 12 schedule I don't know <laughs> oh wow <laughs> who knows that's a I think that's a good segue uh, to uh the next team that we want to talk through is probably alphabetical Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati Bearcats, um, a team that uh, I would say for a little while we've talked about having them join the Big 12. They've had a ton of success in football. Um, obviously, recently, two years ago, made the college football playoff. Um, and then in the past, their football program has been good, basketball program, etc. But talk about a Cincinnati team that, I legitimately have no excitement for, her, and I don't know how I don't know how their fans have any excitement for it either. Because you lose Luke Fickle, who has had in the limited amount of time he was at Cincinnati, has had a ton of success. He's done great recruiting. He's got a ton of guys in the NFL, and 
Wisconsin opens up. I don't blame him for leaving. Wisconsin taught one of the top programs in the Big Big Ten, I would say, from a prestige perspective um, and the success that they've had. And so they decide to go and hire Scott Satterfield, who is a very much a middling coach. And for Louisville, I mean, did not do a lot of great things at Louisville. And it seems like the Cincinnati opportunity was basically saying, I probably have one more year at Louisville before I get fired. So I might as well take the guaranteed contract and leave. Uh, I just have no, I have no excitement for Cincinnati whatsoever this season. Um, Out of the players they brought for big 12 media day, the one that maybe some of us have heard of is Emory Jones, their quarterback who at one point was at Florida. At one point he was at Arizona state. Um, I would say the Florida Emory Jones is the one that I heard of the most because he did have some success, but wasn't anything crazy. Let me tell you. And uh, so for me as as somebody who loves watching college football and I'm going to love watching the new teams in the big 12 for sure, except for this one, because I just have no, <laughs> I have like, I have no, I don't know. I, there's just I nothing to, that me about. I got to cut it. I got to cut it. You're killing. I know, right I know. I know. I'm They're sorry. They're already dead, man. Leave them alone. <laughs> I look, I have, I have to be honest. I you mean, there's, I, there's just, nothing that excites me it luke fickle brought a lot of excitement because he made his teams competitive yeah and we saw i mean them in the american conference them and in ucf you know we're battling in that conference houston was as well we'll talk about here in a second but you know it, there was a lot of excitement about that cincinnati program and i feel like after this coaching change we've heard nothing about cincinnati at all mm-hmm just absolutely nothing and so that for me as a college football fan i'm like what's there what is there here that should excite me into watching their games i don't see anything there it's it's tough to see and when you list uh, talking big 12 media day uh what's his name scott satterfield he did not you know he wasn't going to sugarcoat what his team's expectations were going into the big the new big 12 uh, he still thinks that they're a program that has to basically rebuild this roster because a lot of them did transfer out as soon as Luke Fickle left. And I'll tell you, from being in Ohio and some Bearcat fans that I have interacted with that I know personally, Luke Fickle was never the guy that they thought would, would stick around. They were always prepared in the back of their mind for him to leave for like, say an Ohio state some somewhere down the road, you know, a bigger big 10 school. Did they expect it to be Wisconsin the year right before I mean, a couple months before they enter the big 12? No, they weren't expecting that. They, maybe they thought a couple of years with Cincinnati and the new big 12 and him prove himself here would be the, the catapult that he needed to get that big 10 job. But it came a little earlier than they expected, but they did expect him to leave. So they're not too upset about that. But the roster, the way it's constructed right now with Scott Satterfield, though, from what he could retain, it's not boding well. Uh, Emory Jones was the quarterback that was brought to Big 12 Media Days, and there's it's still kind of a you know a toss up. He he barely won that thing in spring, and. I don't know if he's going to have the longest leash 
with the Bearcats this season, they're going to they're going to have it's going to be an uphill battle to try to get these victories for Cincinnati. I would have loved for them to be on K-State's schedule this year. You know, at Cincinnati, I would have been able to, you know, take a little two hour drive right down there to the Queen City and watch my boys eat a skyline and watch K-State dig a dig a hole in them. But, you know, it's this team, like you said, it's uninspiring. It doesn't bring a lot to lot to the table, and it's hard to find the excitement for them because they are such a proud program, and they've had such recent history of success in both sports that it's a shame that they're gonna they're gonna limp into the Big Twelve instead of you know throwing themselves in, throwing punches. Yeah, I is it a team that I think has the capability to do more in this conference at some point? Yes, I think they will. Um, it, it will be fun to see if they're able to bring in some more talent and, and compete, but it may just be me of just not believing in what Scott Satterfield has done um, yeah. and, and his time at Louisville that just doesn't show a ton of promise um, for a program that maybe you try and do a little bit more of an up-and-comer, maybe get an offensive coordinator who's young or, or, or young mid-major head coach to come in and try and revitalize the program. Um, so it just seems seemed like a little bit of a, a down a, a decision that wasn't necessarily great. Um, but of course we will see on um, this upcoming season uh, what they're going to be able to put together. It's those app state coaches, man, you know, like you got Dorkowitz at Missouri and Satterfield. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you coach at app state, man, you kind of got that stink on you. That stank. Yeah. From Boone. <laughs> Boone, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, got that Boone, North Carolina. Um, <laughs> All right, and then uh, we'll talk about the last team here that's joining the conference, and the Houston Cougars. Um, this is uh, a, a team that we know their head coach. Obviously, Dana Holgerson was at West Virginia. He spent time with Oklahoma State as their offensive coordinator when I was in college at K-State. Um, but the Houston Cougars, uh, they are going to be an interesting team for me. Number one, we're going to be playing them, of course, this season um, at home for homecoming, um, on October 28th. And it was interesting to me that during their media days, um, they did not bring a quarterback. Um, but they have a quarterback who's transferred in from Texas tech in Donovan Smith, who at his time in Texas tech showed a lot of promise and a lot of talent. Um, he's a mobile quarterback, very quick on his feet, um, has some opportunity to improve in the passing game. But for him to come into a Dana Holgerson offense actually scares me a little bit because I do think just with what talent he showed in his time at Texas Tech, he needs some skill players around him. That's for sure. But Houston could be a team that I wouldn't say this season, but maybe next season, year after, they're they're going to be a team to be scared about just because they're in Texas. I think the Big 12 is going to help from a recruiting perspective. Um, and obviously, we're talking about football right now, but basketball is a whole other animal. But um, Houston, again, they're going to be coming to K-State. They play. They have a good home schedule with TCU, Texas, West Virginia. Um, I would say TCU and Texas are probably the two ones that um, it'll be really exciting to see, number one, what the crowd looks like for those games, having Texas teams come uh, down to Houston. But... Uh, as a whole, I, Houston is a team that I, I think has a little bit of talent, and I think they have a lot of promise at quarterback. But 
but it is going to be maybe a little bit more of a struggle this season to get into uh, to kind of acclimate to this conference based off of the schedule and based off of what they have. Yeah. Houston is a monster that's ready to be awoken. You know, they, they've just had nothing to, I mean, they, they've been successful. Don't get me wrong, but the, the crowd, you know, fanfare behind the program just hasn't been there. They've always had decent players. They've always put up fights against, you know, I mean, who they played Texas not too long ago back in, I mean, this was maybe five, six years ago when, uh, what what's his nuts was coaching down there, but they they always had those battles, and for me, the fit wise with Houston in the Big Twelve, it just looks like Houston belongs in the Big Twelve, just aesthetically. I guess that's the the way I see it. Can they become something more? I don't know. It, it's the recruiting is going to be important. Does Dana Holgerson have the the fight to stay? And, you know, take on the Big 12 challenge again. He kind of ran away from it when he was at West Virginia, leaving surprisingly out of nowhere. Um, But for this roster that's assembled, I think them and Cincinnati are battling to see who's going to be the bottom team coming into the Big 12 from from those the new the new group that's coming in. It's going to be tough for them. I had I heard the audacity of a Houston you know, I don't know if they were a writer or just like, you know, just a fan with a, a blog or vlog that said that he Donovan Smith is getting Geno Smith vibes from Dana, uh, that Dana Hogerson coached at West Virginia. I don't see it, but, you know, if if Donovan Smith takes that leap that he has the talent to do it, that he showed sometimes at Texas Tech, they could be scary. They could be. I don't know, but. I just don't see it this year for them. It's going to be tough. They got they kind of got picked apart in the transfer portal. People were plucking their players left and right. Their O-line is in shambles. But they're going to have athletes, and they're going to have speed. But just it's just a different beast when you're playing these games. And then every week is going to be a different challenge for them. Especially, yeah. I mean, the way Big 12 is set up now, West Virginia is really the only bad team. Maybe Iowa State, but – that's only because gambling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I will say, and I, I don't know if we, you can look too much into it from a media day's perspective, but I mean, if you think about it for most teams, who do you bring? You bring a quarterback, um, maybe another skill player, um, and then some stars on defense or something along those lines. And uh, for Houston, they did not bring one skill offensive player um, to media days, which shows, hey, we hit the transfer portal, so maybe we're not in a position to bring somebody like that, or maybe we just don't have – we don't well, necessarily have some of that talent yet. Donovan Smith, Donovan Smith is still battling. They have yeah, another quarterback yeah. down there that is trying to win the job as well. And, I mean, it's not like he's full-out won the job. I mean, he's kind of just the preemptive starter. So – that could say a lot, you know, that they don't, they didn't bring him down. So maybe he's not necessarily the guy right now. Yeah. I, that's a good point. There is an Arkansas transfer. It sounds like um, who they brought in. They have some freshmen as well. Um, I guess I'm on the Donovan Smith hype train. Oh, 
yeah, that's my guy. I love him at Texas. I love right? interconference transfers too. So that they play. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm pretty sure they play. Uh, they play Texas Tech this year. Okay, not, not I lied. Sorry. They they play the two Texas team or uh, no, they do. They go to Texas Tech. Oh, uh, damn, baby. Yeah. Oh, Donovan. So that could be really interesting. I hope he wins. Because you know Texas Tech is getting a lot of love, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I I don't get it. But, I mean, I, I do. I do get it. I do get it because I think they are – they have the capability to to do really well this season in the Big 12. Um I believe in Joey McGuire, I guess. He's just – he showed last season there's promise in that program again, which we hadn't necessarily seen with the Matt Wells, um, at, you know, while he was there. But um, I don't want to get too ahead of a Big 12 preview of all these teams. But um, I don't know. Texas Tech, I, I, I guess I can be high on Texas Tech while also believing that high could be like 8-4. and four. No, I mean, I think, that, for them. I think that is a good season for them. And, you know, it's really all based on Tyler Shuck because when yeah, when he got hurt, you know, they relied on Donaldson and their season kind of went, you know, a little like middling. But they were undefeated when he was healthy. So could they could they make some noise if he stays alive and stays upright? Maybe, but if he gets hurt, they don't have Donovan Smith, Donovan Smith to roll the ball out to this time. So, but they have that one kid that they kind of like too. But you know, whatever, who cares? Yeah, who cares who, about them? Who cares? I, you know, Texas <laughs> Tech. Oh my God. Um, well, yeah. So that's the recap of the four new schools in the Big Twelve. Again, I, I think just being associated with the Big Twelve and going to K State and watching Big Twelve football for all these years, it is exciting to see some new blood come into the conference and um who knows maybe we'll be talking about this a year from now with some even more new blood new old blood new old blood and maybe some new new blood at some point i was thinking Uh, about this with like my kids are never gonna know like my oldest is almost eight like they'll never know like the Nebraska rivalry. They'll never know the Colorado, well, they might, but the Colorado rivalry and, you know, just these teams that are coming in, this is the Big 12 that they're going to know. They're going to yeah. know BYU versus Baylor is kind of like a thing. Yeah. They're going to know, like, Texas Tech versus Houston and, you know, shit like that is going to be, those are going to be the games that they think of when they think of the Big 12 when they go to K-State. Yeah. So. No, that's a great point. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, Colorado I, I would obviously love to see Colorado. Um, and they were, of course, in the Big 12 when I was in school, not dating myself. But, um, you know, I, it, it is going to be interesting, you know, thinking eight to 10 years from now, I, you know, what college football is going to actually look like, because it's not going to look anything like it is right now. Um, just like how right now we never would have expected nope. eight years ago, um, you know, it was going to look like this. Uh, you know, we thought we were going to be in the Mountain West of all places. So, Zoinks. Yeah, could have been a lot worse. <laughs> could have been a lot worse. Um, it could have been. But the last part of our show um, I th- excites me a, a lot because I, I think it gives you an opportunity to give us some really good would-you-rathers. Um, I know everybody participated um, on Twitter, and um, you know it, it was 
interesting to hear some of the results um, from some of the good ones that um, you may have seen. Um, but I don't know, it, for some people that maybe don't have Twitter, maybe they're 100% Threads users now. Um, oh, God because fuck Elon Musk, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you want to throw some of them out there and, and just get some of our listeners thinking. I mean, the number one, you know, voted and one that was interacted was a would you rather of, you know, a full healthy Skylar Thompson or a full mm-hmm. healthy Jesse Ertz. And that one's like, when I thought of the when I thought of the question, I was thinking about those boys like I was watching old games, just like I'm getting pumped for the season. And Jesse Ertz going down in I think it was like week one. It might have been week one in two thousand and fifteen. Um, or two thousand and I was trying to I think it was I was I remember being at that game. Wasn't it twenty Seventeen? Oh no, no way! Because twenty seventeen was his. No, sixteen was his season, his really good season. Really um, good season. And then seventeen. Because it was sure. the year. It was the year Joe Hubner came in and was basically the cor- the starting oh, quarterback. Oh, so that was, was twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was fifteen. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Cody, sorry. Yeah, because it was the te- the quarterbacks were Cody Cook and Joe Hubner, and. That's just brutal to think about, but Jesse Ertz, a full season there, a full season of 16, and in 17 was the Vanderbilt year. Um, yeah, that's right. But Jesse Ertz could have been, you know, in – he could have been in the top. He could have been there. He could have been the guy. Jay Hook himself, you know, he was he was electric fast. Yeah. He had a nice little touch on the ball. He threw it. He had some and he had some weapons with him too. I mean, that was the the Byron Pringle kind of opening, you know, he kind of brought Byron Pringle to the limelight and Dominic Heath and I'm just thinking of all those boys that he was throwing it to, but he could have been he could have been somebody. But then yes. you also have, Yeah. No. You also, was... have to, you also have to think of like what Skylar Thompson could have been if he had full healthy seasons and what could have been if he didn't go down in 2020, could we be talking about like, you know, this year hasn't happened, but back to back big 12 titles. Cause 2020 was up for grabs mm. for God's sake. Iowa state was there. So <laughs> I'm just that's saying. interesting. That's interesting. Um, and we beat Oklahoma that year. So fuck them. <laughs> I, so I was looking back, um, to Jesse Hertz and the 2015 season and kind of just trying to remember a little bit of it. So he got hurt in that South Dakota game, first game of the year. Um, yeah. And so like the first play. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we went on a six game losing streak in that season. Um, and <laughs> it was at Oklahoma state, which I was at that game and we were up because Cody cook just had this incredible game, but we lost in a, on a field goal. But then we lose the TCU game at home. That was the Joe had... Hubner game. Yeah. Um, versus Trayvon Boykins. Yeah, yeah. Because they were yeah. it was Baylor and uh, TCU that was the top dogs, and they were like the that was the Trayvon Boykins with the power cat on his sleeve game. Yeah, and oh, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, like for me thinking about this and 
were you the Skylar Thompson injury? Were you talking about is was it 2020 or 2021? For me, <clears throat> for me, 2020. Well, 2020, I think we had the best chance, you know, because it was such a shortened season that if we had a leader at quarterback, we could have been all right. Because we were, other than outside of the Arkansas State game, we kind of went on a roll. And then we played Texas Tech and uh, we end up winning that game. But, and then, because it was, it was Arkansas State. We lost that game. It was just, you know, blindsided. Then mm-hmm. we we beat Oklahoma. And I think then we play Texas Tech. Yep, yep. And he gets hurt. But we beat yep. Texas Tech, and then we beat TCU with Will Howard. I think we yep. – all those games we would have won with Skylar Thompson. But then there were so many close games outside of the Iowa State game where the wheels really fell off yeah. that we could have won and we could have been – you know, a really good team. 2021, on the other hand, if a healthy Skylar Thompson, I mean, we he pro- came back later in the season, but he wasn't himself. But we probably beat Oklahoma State on the road. That was the, that was the fumble by Will Howard. Uh, he did fumble in that game. And then we could not. Well, Will Howard also got hurt in that game and Jaron Lewis played. Okay, that's not the same game then. That 2020 was the the fumble by Jesse yes. Hurts that got returned. I mean, not Jesse Hurts, uh, by uh, Will Howard yes. that got returned. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so 2021 with a healthy Will Howard, do we win that game? I mean, with a, a healthy Will Howard and a healthy Skylar Thompson, do we win that game? Yeah, 2020. Maybe. I mean, the Oklahoma State game in 2020. Um, we would have won that with a Skylar Thompson. Yeah. And then uh, it's tough because we had a couple games in there that were not great. Um, somehow we lost on the road to West Virginia by 27 points. I don't remember that game. What but I game probably, was? I probably turned it off, and it was oh, Halloween night. No, that was that was the game. Deuce Vaughn uh, hurt his thumb. He had a cast on his thumb that 2020 season. Uh, and he was basically shut. He was, he just was a shell of himself. He couldn't catch the ball really. He had hurt his thumb in that 2020 season and he had a cast on his hand. Uh, but Will Howard was throwing picks left and right. Uh, it was bad. That was probably the quintessential bad Will Howard game of his freshman season, other than Baylor and Iowa state, but (laughs) Iowa state game is null and void. Because Iowa State didn't test for COVID, so fuck them. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I. For me, I the 2020 season, I just kind of like completely sweep under the rug, just because I think there were just so many like mm-hmm. there were so many things that went on in that game that or that season that I I don't know if a, a healthy Skylar Thompson affects that. Um, do I think a 2015 season? Would we have? We still went to a bowl in 2015. Yeah. Also, Liberty um, Bowl, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it was good to have, uh, or you know, I I would probably end up just picking Jesse Ertz just because watching Joe Hubner and Cody oh. Cook throw the football all season was brutal. There were some mildly entertaining moments, but there were times where you're like, man, <laughs> quarterback depth depth is not great. 
I say I I agree with you that I would pick Jesse Ertz because I think we had the best potential of being good, but I also don't want to ruin Will Howard's story arc if Skylar Thompson is healthy. Do That's we get fair, the yeah. same Sky the same Will Howard that we get now if he's just the backup quarterback learning watching instead of you know getting thrown into the fire and have eighty percent of his fan base hate him for no reason other than being 17 years old. I don't know. That's fair. So I would, I fair. think Jesse Ertz. Uh, what's the next would you rather? Who was it? Who was I actually, one I, I got one. I'll throw yeah, your get, way. Oh, yeah. All Let's right. get some new ones, baby. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So would you rather have had Josh Freeman stay for one more year or Michael Beasley stay for one more year? And I don't oh. want to. Okay. I don't. <laughs> No, it, I, and I don't want to look at it as like, oh, this is how much money they made. They were both first round draft picks. Yeah. One would have been, so Josh Freeman would have had one year under Bill Snyder. Mm. Michael Beasley would have had another year with Jacob Pullen and that group and would have had, wait, 2009. No. God, we were kind of ass in 2008 though. But anyway. You would have he would have been obviously a star player. Yeah, we have been dirty. Wasn't that Rodney Magruder's like freshman year? No, no, because he was uh uh no, he was a freshman in two thousand nine. So yeah. the two thousand the two thousand eight team would have had like uh Jake, Darren Kent. <laughs> I don't know why I threw that. But uh uh Dominique <laughs> Sutton would have been another one. Yeah. Um so, I I have my. I know my answer. Okay. Is that for me? No, it's this. Hold on. <laughs> I'm in my parents' basement. Uh, oh, it's all good. So, baby. mine would have been Josh Freeman. Oh, <laughs> see, I knew, <laughs> I knew. All right, here here's why. So, I think about the 2009 season, and so we went. We went six and six that season, yeah, but we played. Um, but we played two FCS teams, which is why we didn't make it to a bowl. But we lost on the road to Louisiana Lafayette. Josh Freeman, we win that game. The UCLA game, we lost twenty three to nine. The big like thing this season was we did not, we could not score to save our life. But we had guys like Brandon Banks. We had Daniel Thomas. On the yeah, team. in 2000, you're talking 2009. 2009. 2009. Yeah. So the only games that we lost terribly are Texas Tech at home, or no, Texas Tech on the road, which Texas Tech was excellent that season. That was the Jeremy Crabtree <laughs> year. Um, yeah, 2009, right? Yeah. I'd have to look back and yeah, see. Yeah, they were. Uh, that was Mike Leach when he had him like number one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh. Um, so, so that's, so that game we're not winning, but Oklahoma on the road, we lose by 12 and then Missouri on the road, we lost by 26. So there's three games like Texas tech and Missouri, I would say we're probably losing to them. And then we lost on the road to Nebraska 17 to three. Like the big thing all season was we, we could not score points. Yeah. So do I? So we have Carson Kaufman at our quarterback. I'm exactly. Pretty sure. <laughs> exactly. So for me, I pick Josh Freeman because I think this team 
goes from six and six to like nine and three. And the last game of the season at Nebraska, if we win that game, we would have played in the Big 12 championship game because the Big 12 North was so bad that season. The Big 12 North champ was five and four. Or uh, no. Yeah, five and five and three. Nebraska was five and three. Five and three. So I pick Josh Freeman. That makes a lot of sense. You might have swayed me on that because just the idea of having that was the year we played UCLA in the the first was it the like the big non con game was UCLA. That was like uh, and yeah, we won on that the, game. No, that was twenty twenty ten was the UCLA. Two thousand nine we played UCLA on the road and okay. we lost twenty three to nine. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. <clears throat> Give me yeah, I'm changing my answer. Even but it would have been fun because Kevin Durant came the year after Michael Beasley left, right? So it would have been so, yeah. It would have been fun to see Michael Beasley with a a, a seat, another year season Jacob Pullen and uh Dom Sutton and all those guys, you know, just another really solid squad even though it would have been Frank coaching that team. And with him and Beasley, you know, junkyard dogging it down there and then having the hype train that would have been Michael Beasley versus Kevin Durant, that would have been fucking nasty, dude. And we and it would in the future it would have expelled all the arguments of like, oh, who was the who was the best freshman? Okay. Now I'm thinking, wait. Or was Durant before no, Beasley? No, Durant was before Beasley. Blake Griffin. Okay, it was Blake Griffin at Oklahoma. Blake Griffin was at Oklahoma. So okay. that season, the season that we would be it talking about It was the year here, before? Damn, I'm right. That is right. The season that okay. we'd be talking about here, we lost three non-conference games. Kentucky, we lost by two. Iowa, we lost by two. At Oregon, we lost by five. Uh, Michael Beasley. Wins those games would probably help win those games. That means we would have went undefeated in the non-conference. <laughs> <laughs> because our non because our non-conference schedule that year was absolutely terrible. Um like we didn't have a good team at home that entire year, which that was pretty typical during my time at K-State. We never played anybody good until Big 12 play. But uh, yeah. Um, but like there were some there's some games in here that we just like completely tanked in this season, um, which is crazy to me. But we lost to, at Nebraska by 22 points. Oof. Hold on. Word. Jamar Samuels was on that team. So who's on this team? So Jamar Samuels is on this team. Okay. Um, who else played that season? Well, Dom was on this team. Dom. Danny Clemente was on this team. That was the first year of Denny and Pullen. That was the first year of Denny oh, Clemente. Oh, my God. Um, Where does Beasley fit in that lineup, though? Is he <laughs> playing five? Uh, he would have played uh, He would have played the four. No, okay. because Kurt, Kurt Kelly was on this team, too. Yeah. But, you know, Kurt was he, – he was – I don't believe he played that season, now. I think he was the transfer, and he had to sit out a year, I'm pretty sure. Because he played – Man, oh, man. So, it – I look at the upside like that season could have been very interesting if you have a guy like Michael Beasley. Does it change it? I don't know. We went nine and seven in the conference, but um, 
Dude, we would have won way more games <laughs> with Michael Beasley on this team. Are you nuts? I, <laughs> I mean, I. It's Dude, he tough. was the best freshman of all. Not I know, all, I he know. He was the best freshman in the last like fifty years, dude. He yeah. was so fucking good, it dominant. And imagine another year of him, like, you know, just a like, college big body and people down there. And and I'm feeling like such an idiot thinking that him and Durant would have faced off. But you know, the Blake Griffin teams were fucking. Him and his brother were absolutely disgusting. They were jumping over people still. Yeah. God, that would have been. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, but I you did sway me. I would go. I would go Freeman just so I could see him, and you know him and Daniel Thomas. That team would have been fun, really, really fun to watch with an actual offense and not have Carson Kaufman on that team. That is yuck, dude. Yeah. Oh, I that was with Bill with Bill <laughs> under there too. It would have been. Well, it would have been fun to see how he used Josh Freeman. I think that's the thing for me is, uh, and I remember, I mean, being a freshman and watching Josh Freeman play and you saw how talented he was. Um, and I always felt that a year under Bill would have been helpful in his development going into the NFL. I mean, at the end of the day, he made millions of dollars and he looks great, by the way. God damn, is he handsome. Yeah. People see him at Woodside. I think he's a member at Woodside in Kansas City. Um, people see him all the time. Uh, and Shredded. you know, <laughs> I I don't know where you're seeing this, but <laughs> dude, did you not see him know. at the the catbackers? He is. Uh, did he have his shirt off? Like I don't. Basically, <laughs> I don't know how you're seeing all this. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, oh, I hope he hears this. I know. Josh Freeman, listen to our pod, and we'll come on. Come on down. Nice things about you, but, um, but yeah, I I was just thinking of some of the the what would you rather's, and those are two that I wish both of them stayed an extra year. But if I had to mm, pick one, an extra year, uh, that would have been a good one, dude. I know that's a nasty. That is a nasty would you rather because that made me think for a second, and it's so and it's far back, and they were basically the they lined up like at K State at the same time, so yeah. like. Dude, that is nuts to think about. He would have been a he would have been his senior year that he was coming back for too, right? Because <clears throat> he Cause played, he didn't redshirt. He didn't redshirt. He was there fifteen, or no, uh, two thousand five, six, seven. Wait, no, it, it was six. He was seven, the O five class. He was six, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. My my <laughs> my senior year in high school was his his last year there and i remember us beating texas and for some reason there was a texas fan on the bus and i'm just like fucking big broing him over the school bus like yeah what up <laughs> yeah his uh his last well 2008 was his last season there and we were god awful we Ooh. were bad might have been but 07 then might have been 07 was 07 we won on that's the, the one that was where he Ron Prince did the 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 high step down the sideline. I feel like he did that many times. On just, I I now I just have Ron Prince in my head. Oh my word! <laughs> my God! He might. Yeah, I believe that was when Jordy was um, running down. Yeah, the punt, on the doing punt. the punt return, and yeah. he was doing the high step down the line. That yeah, was one okay. of my favorite gifs over time. 
<laughs> I'm gonna find that and I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna spam that. If anybody listens to this, spam Matt Martin <laughs> with, gotcha. with Fireball Matt and Ron Prince doing the high step down the sidelines. Spam. Oh. <laughs> if you're still listening to this, and the that's power how we'll towel. know. Give me the power towel and bring it to every game. Mm, those are, I mean, the, what's the all-time? Okay, this would be probably the last thing before we go. What's the best K-State gift of all time? Because you know I'm the gift god. I make all the best gifts during the football season and basketball oh, season. So I have. I actually have one. I wonder if I can find it. I will have to try and find this. But way back when they had a commercial, a Big 12 commercial, and it was basically these coaches like throwing a basketball at yeah. each other. <laughs> was it the Bruce? And then Bruce like disappears off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> there's one that he just dis- he throws it and the ball goes. It knocks him out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, oh. I like that one. I like um Bill like pointing up to the Scott cartoon Bill and then he transforms into the eagle. Yes, yes. I love that one. That's probably one of my favorites too. When Bill, was... oh, I have it. This other one, it's of Bruce Weber doing the YMCA. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I completely forgot about that one. Um, Bruce Weber clapping because he was always like this. When oh, he was, he was the like line. the um, one where he like looks up at the scoreboard. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Bill Snyder eating popcorn uh jack cantelli hitting the field and breaking his didn't he break his like finger when he did that oh i don't remember that um oh my god oh i do have oh it's not gonna work is it (laughs) (laughs) rob prince doing it's rob prince doing okay honey you were glitching out for a second oh there it is Oh, and then uh, Bruce Weber, another Bruce. I have a lot of Bruce Weber ones. Like, oh yeah, made. that's from uh, what is that movie? Uh, I, I don't know, but is that Breaking? That might be Breaking. <laughs> that's like the opening credits to Breaking. Well, I just have all these, you know, because there was just a time where Bruce was very like photogenic, and yeah, he he just did a lot of things that people created these gifs for. And oh yeah, I got another Ron Prince one. Very, very good here. That's yes. The yeah. stomping is just so out of it's, control, dude. He's a psychopath. If anybody's listening, send us your favorite GIF, K-State yeah. GIF. Oh, you didn't even answer. What's yours? I think it's the Bill turning into the Eagle. That's just like <laughs> yeah. symbolic. Okay. For me, it just made me laugh when I was a kid. Like I just like saw old cartoon Bill Snyder just fucking just turning yeah. into a fucking Eagle. <laughs> Like it's so ridiculous. Oh my god! I like, but I, all, night. all the ones that I've been making, um, there's just a there's a ton of them. And I, you know, when Adrian bowed from that touchdown that basically sealed the the Oklahoma game, I think that is just like it's beautiful, dude. It's just yeah. art. You're the art. resident. You're the resident K State GIF master. And yeah, we not, appre- we appreciate the time and effort that you put in. To all these. Yeah, always. You know I'm here for it. And if 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 there's anybody left in the K State media, you know, thing because they're all leaving right now, but you know they're getting replaced left and right. But 
I hope they I hope they bring that heat like they did this past season because I mean it's always fun for me to get those threads going and you know just that's another thing that I'm excited for, dude. This football season cannot come quick enough. I know, I know. And we'll have a lot more to talk about, of course, um, as we get towards the football season and getting ready to uh, prep for the upcoming season, not just for football, but for Cocaine Willie as well for, I would say, our official season too. But Mm -hmm. um, I think that's good for the rest of our show. We do appreciate everybody who listen in on any of the platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, If you are not following us, please make sure um, to follow us on those uh, networks so that you can be updated when a new episode comes out. Uh, also make sure to follow us on Twitter at cocaine Willie and follow us individually. Chef Andre Napier at Matt Marchesini. I forgot to say that in front of you chef, but That's at Matt Marchesini and our resident commissioner at Bob Trollsby, who is out on parental leave. Um, but we're excited to, uh, hopefully, uh, hear from him again soon here on our next show but chef do you want to uh oh absolutely dude let's go okay no joke so wow, lock country. country let's try right.